0: Well, this is an interesting passage, to say the least. It may be one you haven't uh, heard taught on before, at least for some of you, and uh, might even sound somewhat strange uh, to your first time reading it over. But there's a message in here, that a very important message in here that God has for us, and so we're going we're gonna to take time to uh, to deal with it this morning and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we uh, trust that he'll make, make clear the, uh, the importance of these verses to you. I want to ask you a question this morning. Uh, do you think of yourself as a privileged person? Uh, do, do you see yourself as someone who has received a rare and precious blessing? Well, God wants you to. God definitely wants you to he wants you to consider yourself an extremely and extraordinarily blessed and privileged person he wants you to see the the privilege of salvation as so great that it gives you this deep and abiding joy that's that's so deep so powerful that it can overshadow and overcome even. Trials in your life, and really this this the greatness of your salvation, the glory of your salvation, the privilege of salvation, is really Peter's theme in these first thirteen verses. So we're going to jump into this in the first in the previous verse, just prior to this passage and, and it would really help if you look at your, your follow the passage along in your bulletins, but in the previous verse, Peter just wrote that you believe in Jesus Christ and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay, so that's what he's just said. Then Peter says, concerning this salvation. It's like, okay, concerning this salvation, this what salvation? The salvation of your souls. I have something to say to you. So what does Peter have to say to you? Concerning the salvation of your soul. Well, this is it. He says, The great men of the Bible, the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, and even the angels are stunned by the wonder of your salvation in Christ. And you should be too. I mean, that's a paraphrase, of course. But that's basically what Peter is saying to us in these verses. You know, uh, One way that I can be convinced to go try a certain restaurant is if I've heard some people that I really respect, especially if I really respect their taste in food, if they highly recommend it, then that affects my valuation and might, might move me to go try that restaurant. Well, Peter seeks to impress upon us, upon you, upon me, the grandeur of our salvation by showing us how grand both the prophets and the angels view these things. So, here's here's the logic of this passage. The prophets spoke about our salvation. They predicted the coming of Jesus Christ, including his sufferings and his glories to come, They longed to know and to understand these things. The angels, even the angels, longed to know and understand these things. We now experience this salvation through Jesus Christ, which the prophets and the angels longed to see. Therefore, you and I are people of great privilege. We know And experience things in Jesus which the prophets and angels would have given their right arm to experience. I'm not saying angels have right arms, but you know what I mean. They would have given anything to to see and understand and experience what we have in Jesus Christ. Jesus said a very similar thing in Matthew 13, 17. He said, Truly I say to you, that many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And in conjunction with that verse, he says, blessed are your eyes, because they see, and blessed are your ears, because they hear. And if I could paraphrase that, it's like, joyously happy are you for seeing and hearing the things you do, or how privileged you are to hear and see the things that you do. So, as God helps me this morning through the power of the Spirit, by the time we get done with this message, you're going to see and feel what a great privilege It is to be saved. What a great privilege it is to experience the grace of God in Christ. Now, Peter talks about both the prophets and the angels. He gives a little bit more time to the prophets, so that we are too. We're going to start out with the prophets. First, the prophets show us what a great privilege we enjoy. And Again, the idea is if if Jeremiah and Isaiah and Zechariah and Micah and Daniel and all the other prophets through whom God spoke, if they had such such passionate interest in this salvation, if they were so so uh, amazed at if if they stood back with such a sense of wonder at what was coming upon us, then we should have what we or we should consider what we have as very very precious you know i was thinking of that song this morning that we were saying he's been so good to me so so good to me and i was wondering i just was wondering what is going through people's minds when they sing those words is it is it you know he's been so 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 good to me uh, because i bought a new shirt this week or you know what i'm saying or i found the parking place at the state fair or you know and, 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 there's not, and I believe we see God's goodness in, in those ways all the time and that we should give thanks to Him. But it was like, it's like the, the goodness, the privilege, this sense that we are so, so blessed comes through, through understanding the wonder and the preciousness of our salvation. And, and that's, that is what is to drive this sense of blessedness this sense of privilege that we have. Now, one thing might cause you to not get the full impact of Peter's message, and that is if you, if you don't really esteem either prophets or angels. Okay? And so I want to help you esteem uh, the prophets. I want to show you who they were uh, briefly. The prophets were men in the Old Testament through whom God spoke His word to his people, and much of our Bible consists of the revelation that these men were given by God. We are talking about Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Micah, Zechariah, and and on and on. The Old Testament prophets and many, many, many others. Even David uh, prophesied, and God called them to speak for Him to be His voice. These men were the voice of God in their generation or in their ages. Over and over, again if you read if you read the Old Testament, particularly Old Testament prophets, it it says the word of the Lord came to me or the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. It was the direct word of God that came to these men, and they spoke that word to the people of their day, and they not only spoke a message to the people of their day; they had a message that reached out into the future. They had a message that spoke of wonderful, amazing, glorious things to come, and you see that you see that in, through through prophets you know, like like we've just just mentioned. I won't name them again. And the, 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 the prophets were so important uh, it, it not only in that they, they spoke for God, they spoke so directly for God that, that we could say that the words that they have spoken will abide forever because they are the words of God. In 2 Peter one twenty, Peter said, Above all, above all you must understand, that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So, these men were moved in such a way by the Holy Spirit that they literally spoke from God. Now, Coming back to our passage in 1 Peter, verse 10 says, the prophets spoke about the grace that was to come to you. In other words, they wrote about the marvelous, amazing grace of God that would someday come through Jesus Christ. And the prophets were given a glimpse of, of the new covenant we 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 celebrated the lord 's Supper this morning, the New covenant in his blood, we talked about the wonders the, that we have through through the blood of Jesus Christ. well, they spoke about the marvelous grace of God that would come through the new covenant that would come in the new covenant age and and they were they were amazed at these things that they spoke about they would spoke they would speak about things to come that that just stunned them with the wonder of it. And it was like the Spirit would inspire them, would move these things to speak of these wonders, and they, they didn't even fully understand what they were saying. They couldn't even fully grasp it. It was just the Spirit welling up within them, speaking of, these, of this glorious, joy-filled, amazing, wonderful grace of God that would come. God spoke to Jeremiah in 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 Jeremiah thirty one thirty three. This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And their sins and their lawless acts I will remember no more. They, Jeremiah spoke in, in this state of in this state of, again of wonder, looking down it through time. And there's going to be a time when, when when the things that were required to please God, the things that were required to please this awesome holy God would no longer be primarily written in stone or on parchment paste paper, but these things would be fulfilled in the hearts and minds of God's people. And the Holy Spirit moved the prophets to speak. Uh, about and write about Jesus Christ through whom all these blessings of the new covenant would come. So the prophets were moved and stirred to write about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the Messiah. Peter says that the spirit of Christ within the prophets, the amazing statement in this passage, amazing statement. Peter said that the spirit of Christ within the prophets was pointing to the times and circumstances Or the person and circumstances of Christ's own life and birth and death and glory. In other words, what what was happening centuries, ages ago, the spirit of Jesus Christ, we know that Jesus Christ is eternal, yesterday, today, and forever. The spirit of Jesus, ages ago, the spirit of Jesus was moving and speaking in and through these men, foretelling his own coming and the glories and the grace that would come to us through his coming. And as I said, when the prophets wrote these things, they were way out in the future, so that even the prophets themselves did not know when these things would happen or who would fulfill these prophecies. For instance, the, 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 the Holy Spirit would prompt a man like Isaiah to say, He poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And he himself would not fully understand all the details of what he was saying. And Peter says, Their prophecies uh, of, the, of the coming Christ included both his sufferings and the glories to follow. And they, didn't, they did not perhaps even understand fully how the sufferings of Jesus Christ and the glories of, the, of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would fit together. But, but nevertheless, they faithfully prophesied what the Spirit welled up or moved with, within them. And his, his prophecies about his sufferings would include prof, prophecies like Psalm twenty two sixteen that his hands and his feet would be pierced. Zechariah eleven twelve. that he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Isaiah 53, 5, he would be pierced through for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. By his wounds we are healed. There was many, many prophecies, pictures given in the Old Testament of how the, the, the coming Messiah would suffer but then there were also prophecies about his glories. And people really had a hard time figuring this out. Uh, but his glories to follow would include prophecies of his resurrection and of his coming to reign as Lord of Lords and King of Kings forever. Uh, prophecies like Psalm sixteen nine: My body will live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Peter Tells us in Acts three that was a that was a prophecy speaking of Christ's resurrection that God would raise Jesus Christ from the dead. He would not be abandoned to the grave. His soul would not be allowed to see decay. But he will live. He would live in hope. Daniel seven thirteen speaks of his his glory even yet to come. I looked, and there was before me. One like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Or one that we've heard and we refer to at Christmas time from Isaiah 9 6 the government will be destroyed upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So these are all things that the, that the Old Testament prophets spoke of, and they were things that we would begin, that we would see the fulfillment of, that we would experience in, in our lifetimes. And of course, we know that Jesus was the fulfillment of these things. And Luke tells us in, in Luke 24, 24 that beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And so Jesus Christ was the the culmination of all the Old Testament sacrifices, all the Old Testament prophecies, and all of the events of the Old Testament. It all pointed to him. It was all about him. It was all looking forward to him, all preparing for him. And the grace that would come to us now who believe on him. The grace that would flow to us through Jesus. And so the prophets showed that they, they showed the great value that they placed on our salvation by by foretelling these things in a sense of wonder and amazement and also by their careful study of, Of these things, Peter says that into into these things the prophets searched intensely and with the greatest of care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing. In other words, these things about our salvation they studied; they'd made careful study of; they poured over these things that they themselves had written under the inspiration of the holy spirit they they searched into the things that other prophets had written and their intense interest in these things showed how important they thought they were and just as a side note what you what you think is truly important you will delve into and study what you value you will study and that's why they made careful study into the things that they themselves had written by the Holy Spirit and other prophets because they so highly valued, they so highly treasured these things. And again, Peter's message is look at how the prophets treasured these things. Look at what value they placed on them. Look at what priority they gave to them. Look at how they studied carefully, how they searched into these things. therefore, you, too, should regard them as highly valuable, highly precious to you. Now, Peter emphasizes that their intense interest was in a, your salvation. You know, obviously, they were concerned about things that went on in their day, but the big focus of their lives was on things that were going to happen to you and me and people in our generation, people who would believe in Christ. Their intense interest was in the salvation that you and I now have. Look at verse 10. Really, and on through the passage, the prophets spoke of the grace that was to come to you. They were looking forward to this time. They were looking forward to you and all the saints who who would believe in Christ. Verse 12, it was re- revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. They were serving you when they spoke of these things. The things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you and the power of the Holy Spirit. So, again, all the Old Testament was, was basically a build-up to the kind of Christian experience the forgiveness of sins and life in the spirit that we have now, all the old was a build-up to this point that we have, and it was, it was all pointing to this magnificent privilege that we have of walking in the new covenant. And again, by the grace of God, I'm going to seek to move on to help us understand these things. So the prophet spoke of the new covenant, which... Christ purchased for us by his blood which we experience now um, the prophet spoke of the things which we now have heard from the Apostles like Peter and Paul and John and other the other writers of the New Testament scriptures the the things that we have learned now from 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 about the gospel and our salvation and from the, the marvelous things that we've read that we've read in our the new testament epistles those were built upon what the prophets said and the prophet spoke of those things and the apostles basically are, are speaking the things that were are the fulfillment of what was written and spoken by the old testament prophets things like there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus Or how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? The prophets spoke of the grace that was to come. You get to live in it. You get to walk in it. They spoke of a time. The Old Testament prophets spoke of a time when... God would cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. When he would forgive us and remember our sins no more. When he would pour out his spirit on his people. When he would take out our hearts of stone and give us hearts of flesh. When he would give us hearts that want to serve and please God. The prophets only spoke of those things. We live in those things wish Pam was here this morning. We need a, we need a good, solid amen. You know, and, and verses like Hebrews 9, 26, it says, but now Christ has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hebrews 10, 19 tells us that now, now we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Now we have we have confidence to come with freedom, complete freedom into the presence of God. Things, things that, as Josh has said, we, we, would, we, should, we should have no business doing in the presence of a holy and righteous and awesome God. But under the grace that the prophets foretold that would come to us, we now can experience that or have that great, great privilege we can draw near to god with full assurance of faith we don't we don't have to come to god out of in 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 terror that, that he would squash us or we if we are saved that is and we come through christ we experience this freedom as beloved children to draw near to god with full assurance We have received grace in Christ that enables us to be right with God and to stand faultless before the throne. He has sent His Spirit into our hearts, moving us to cry out, Abba, Father. You know, in, instead of being disinterested in God, which people without Christ are, instead of being disinterested in God or neglecting God or even hating God, the Spirit has created in our hearts a love for God and a love for the things of God. That's, that's this grace that was to come that the prophets spoke of. Paul said, we serve, we serve in the new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. We died to the law so that we might be joined to Christ in order that we might bear fruit for God. We don't live by sacrifices and laws. We live by the power and the life of Christ within. We look to and trust in the Holy Spirit to manifest the love and the life and the goodness of the risen Christ in and through us. Paul said, Sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but you are under grace. I mean, this, this amazing um, age, this amazing day in which we live, to, uh, to live under, under grace and be freed from the mastery, the dominion of sin. You know, most of you uh, were born probably somewhere between uh, the 40s or uh, up until after the year 2000. Uh, but sometime... You know, in that in that time range, but you know what? There were a lot of people born before you. There were a lot of people born before you that didn't have the privilege that you have in Christ. Lots of them. There were there were millions, billions of people born a long time before you. People were born from the time of Adam to the through the days of Noah and through the time up until the time Christ walked the earth, and they they did not enjoy the privileges of the full revelation of salvation that you do. Not not even the prophets. Paul said in Colossians 1 that his commission was to preach the mystery that had been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the saints. That's a pretty amazing statement. You know, I, we... we, we I mean, honestly, we just don't know how privileged we are. We really don't. You know, I mean, it it would just knock us over. We, We would fall on our face and sing praise to God all the days of our life if we really could get even a partial glimpse of how privileged we are. This mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. And Paul goes on to say, this mystery, what do you think this mystery is that is it was hidden but it's now disclosed it's Christ in you the hope of glory it's Jesus Christ the things that, that they did not fully see but is now revealed is this that Christ is your hope every blessing you could possibly ever need comes to us in and through Jesus Christ Christ not only died for your sins, he came to be your life. He came to live in and through you. His, his own life through the Holy Spirit provides the change of heart, the transformation of behavior, and the new desires to live for God. What was hidden is now revealed. In 1 Corinthians ten eleven, Paul said that the culmination of the ages has come upon you. That's a pretty heavy statement. you know, It really is. You know, culmination means the climactic point of something that has been waited for for a long, long time. And Paul was saying that these these great things that the prophets and the righteous men for generations had longed for and waited for and looked forward to, these things have come upon you the culmination of the ages, the hope of, of mankind of all the ages has come upon you. After centuries of anticipation and longing for a Savior, Jesus Christ came, fulfilling the promises that the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, was inspiring all through these centuries in the Old Testament prophets. All of these hopes and dreams have now have come upon you. So, we are... Basically, Paul says, we are part of the biggest event in history if we are saved. I mean, to be saved is to know the grace of God. It is the greatest thing a person can know in this life. To know Christ, to have all the benefits of salvation, to have your sins covered by the blood of Christ... To have the spirit of God dwelling inside us. And to be destined to share in the glory of Jesus Christ is the most magnificent blessing in the world. And that's why Paul talks about in Ephesians the riches, the unsearchable riches of Christ that we have. You know, there's, there's still way more to come. You know, we're not in heaven yet. The kingdom is not fully here, but compared to the, to the systems and to the parf, partial revelation that other generations have lived under, you are so privileged. You and I are so blessed. You know, we live in the days of what Joel the prophet spoke of when the Lord said, I will pour out my spirit on all of mankind. It's for us. Peter said peter said it's for you and for your children for your sons and daughters we live in that day and there was there was a promise all through throughout the prophets all through the writings of the prophets there was a promise that someday the spirit would be poured out that people would hear the voice of the spirit and be led by the spirit and enjoy communion with the spirit and they they spoke of this this incomparable time of glory and breakthrough that would come through the Messiah. And we live in that. Then really to cap this, or, or I think almost like I'd put a punchline to this, Peter adds, these are things into which even the angels long to look. So It's like Okay, if it doesn't impress you that the prophets so highly regarded your salvation, maybe it will impress you that the angels long to look into these things. You know, I mean, angels are glorious beings. I mean, we are, uh, I mean, we're just flesh and blood. I mean, angels are spirit beings created by God. They they worship God. They they. They go about carrying on God's business uh, in the realm of the Spirit. Things that are beyond us we don't understand, but we know that they're they're magnificent creations of God. And there's a sense in which we're fascinated with, with angels. And yet, Peter says, no, angels are fascinated with you. They're fascinated with what's going on in your life. they're fascinated with this salvation that you have inherited through Jesus Christ. And you know you would be, you would well I would be I'll put, I'll put it for sure. I mean I would be really impressed to be to see an angel and you probably would be really impressed to see an angel yet again, they are impressed with what God is doing in you and the unfolding of his plan of salvation in your life and and in the life of the saints throughout the world. Uh, the the terminology used here is that they is that they the angels are bending down or they are they are eagerly looking down from from their heavenly realm or from the spiritual realm. They are eagerly looking into our realm to see God's work of saving people. Like you, you know that that may add some understanding of of uh, of what it says in in uh, in Luke, where it says that when the angels see one sinner repent, they rejoice. I mean, they're 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 absorbed with this process of salvation, and they rejoice when you were saved. They the angels in heaven rejoiced at that, and they 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 presently rejoice over you as a saved person, as a repentant person who belongs to Jesus Christ. When when you repent of your sins and turn to Jesus, they rejoice over that. And I don't think they stop rejoicing. They continue to rejoice over you as a saved child of God, as a follower of Jesus Christ. Paul said, we have been made a spectacle both to men and to angels, and it's the, the terminology used there is that of uh, the like that is used in the theater. We are we are like our lives are like lived out on a stage before men and angels, and and I think to some degree we, we realize that we live our lives before other people. We we realize that that how we behave and what we do, other people see that, other people observe that, but you might not realize. That your life is also lived out before the angels. Angels are watching you. We are a spectacle, or we are put on. Our lives are put on display, both to men and to angels. They are they are watching. They are watching your life. Even this morning, they are watching. Uh, they are watching you and how you uh, respond to your salvation. They're watching as your salvation is worked out in your life. They watch you as you serve God. They watch you as you make, make that, that phone call and they see to, to show love to someone as they, see, as they see the work of Christ expressed out in your life as you do, do good to other people and you show love to other people. They're watching this process of salvation that is being worked out in people who were sinful and wicked and lost and yet who now are eager to serve and love God. They watch how you handle your trials. They watch how you rejoice in your salvation, even in the midst of various trials. One of the reasons it seems that uh, angels are interested in your salvation is that um, angels do not experience redemption or salvation. There, There are good angels and there are evil angels, but no fallen angels have been redeemed and turned into good angels. It's an amazing thing, but in the plan of God, Jesus died to redeem people. Jesus died for people, not for angels. It's an amazing thing. God so loved people, you and me, that he sent Christ to to die for us. Amazing To show the amazing love of God to us. Jesus died to redeem fallen, broken, sinful men and women, boys and girls. And the angels see it. They see how desperate and hopeless we were in our sin and our lostness. And then they see God reach into our lives. They saw God reach into your life and save you. But of all the creatures in the universe, we alone... Experience the wonders of God's saving grace. And angels are just stunned by this. We alone are the only creatures who go from sinners to saints, from being wicked to being holy, to being enemies of God, to being friends of God, to being prisoners of darkness, to being set at liberty as sons of God, from Mourning to gladness, from guilty to not guilty, from evil to righteous. We are the only creatures in the whole universe that experience that. A person addicted to drugs or to alcohol now loves and serves Jesus by the, by the work of salvation. A person who cursed and swore every other sentence now worships and praises god a person who lived only for themselves now lives to encourage and refresh and serve others in the name of jesus those are miraculous things that come about only through the grace of god the work of jesus christ in our hearts and and angels are amazed as they see that process going on in our lives a preacher by the name of of Ray Pritchard uh, said, our greatest spiritual problem, and actually he said sin, and and I I think it could be, he said our greatest sin, I'm I'm, going to say our greatest spiritual problem may be that we take our salvation for granted or that we are even bored with our salvation. That's a pretty, pretty powerful statement. Our greatest sin... Maybe that we take our salvation for granted or that we are even bored with our salvation. I mean, I, it, it is a sin to be bored with our salvation. And Peter, Peter is making every attempt in the first, this first part of chapter 1 to impress upon us the glory of being a saved man or woman. A glory so great that it overshadows every other thing in your life and every other every other thing about you. The angels aren't bored with our salvation; it's a big deal to them. I want to wrap up with just a few few uh, applications. Uh, number one, no matter how painful your life becomes, look to your salvation to find your joy. Your salvation has the, your salvation has the sufficient glory. It has the sufficient dynamic, the sufficient, blessing to give you great joy in your present suffering and it's the only thing that can do that it's the only thing that can enable you to greatly rejoice even though you are now distressed by various trials you may at times in this world have very little else to celebrate but you can always celebrate your salvation number two uh, which is, this is really the point of the whole message, but start thinking of yourself as a person of great privilege. You know, just start, start telling, start telling you know, I, I believe in scriptural self-talk. That, I mean, that's scriptural self-talk. You, you, you need to start telling yourself how blessed you really are. You need to start talking like that, start thinking like that, that you are a person of great blessing and privilege. Uh, you know it just starts by highly valuing your salvation and uh, do you treasure your salvation? Is it precious to you? And of course, if you 're here this morning and you don 't truly know Jesus Christ, you, you wouldn 't. But if you know Christ as your savior, you would come to see it as such, such a precious thing to you. You need to see it as the highest honor of your life to belong. Christ so I hope that you do that and my prayer um, is that this morning would help you to to do that that you that you would be just a little bit more filled with wonder and gratitude and a sense of of privilege number three uh, develop a love for the Old Testament prophets and study them you know if the prophets spoke the word of Christ if they spoke of Christ and of the grace that was come to us, it makes sense that we would want to know and understand all that they had to say. And Peter tells us that the prophets were pointing toward the same gospel that the apostles proclaimed. And it really helps to more fully understand the gospel that the apostles proclaimed to us if if we go back and look how the build-up to it. (laughs) You know, it's kind of, if you read only the New Testament, it's kind of like just watching the end of the movie. I mean, you really don't get the drama. You don't get the full picture. You don't get the full sense of glory of what has happened for you and to you. And fourth, know or realize that, that Christ is the center of all human history. You know, since the creation of man, since man was created, since Adam sinned and fell in the garden since the whole human race slid into rebellion against God. Uh, all, all human history has been centered around God preparing, planning, and coming to the rescue of desperate, lost rebels like us and reconciling us to, to himself, making us friends of God in Christ as it says, reconciling the world to himself in Christ and preparing us for a glorious future with Christ. So all, all the prophets spoke, spoke of this day of redemption in which, which we live in. And because we know salvation in Christ, we are the most blessed people in all of human history. And we should we should have a sense of, of that great privilege. Again, there's more to come, more amazing things to come, but we but we live in such a state of blessing and privilege right now. Let's pray. Father, we uh, we thank you that that we that we get to know and experience things that the prophets and the angels longed to see. Lord, we thank you for the marvelous blessings of the new covenant, which have been purchased for us through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we worship you for that. And Lord, we, we rejoice. We rejoice in the amazing privilege that we have to be sons and daughters of the living God. We rejoice in the amazing privilege of having the Spirit of Christ poured out into our hearts, the privilege of where we live um, in this incredible state of forgiveness, having our sins buried in the deepest sea, removed as far as the east is from the west, where you remember our sins and lawless deeds no more, but where we come to you freely, like, like little children, freely coming to parents, to their moms and dads. We can come to you with hearts full of assurance, full of assurance that you love us, full of assurance that you, that you embrace us, full of assurance that when we turn to you, we, re- that we receive a, a hug, as it were, that we receive an embrace. Uh, because of the amazing grace that we've received in Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you people of great privilege.